0: In the name of the Father, Son, and
1: Holy Spirit, Amen, I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation, and as always, it's great to be with all of you. I am your host, of Father Ed Broome, O-M-V, Oblate of the Virgin Mary, and as always, it's great to be with all of you. We always start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary has many wonderful titles. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church, and Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. Also, we turn out to Mary. Mary is our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So we'd like to lift our gaze to Mary and beg Mary to pray for us and to pray with us. And to bring us closer and closer to Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. So together, let's pray the the prayer that Mary loves most. And that prayer is the Hail Mary.
0: Together. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee.
1: Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of the Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Now let's invite our spiritual director to be with us. Our spiritual director is, is the Holy Spirit.
0: The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit also has many wonderful titles. Holy Spirit is known as the paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of the soul.
1: Holy Spirit is also known as our consoler.
0: He's also known as our counselor.
1: Holy Spirit is also known as our sanctifier in our pursuit of holiness. The Holy Spirit, he's the one that makes us holy.
0: And the Holy Spirit is the interior master. St. Paul says this, we really don't know how to pray as we ought.
1: But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so we can
0: say, Abba. Abba, which means daddy or father.
1: So let's uh, beg the Holy Spirit to pour into our minds light to illuminate our memory, our understanding, and our imagination with his light. Beg the Holy Spirit also to set our hearts on fire with love for
0: God. As we pray, come Holy Spirit, Fill the hearts of your faithful
1: and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love.
0: Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. Thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, it instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit.
1: grant us by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in His consolation through the
0: same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady Rosa Mystica, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Saint Gabriel, Pray for us. St. Raphael. Pray for us. St. Henry. Pray for us. St.
1: Ignatius of Loyola. Pray for us.
0: St. Maria Faustina Kowalska. Pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son,
1: and the Holy Spirit, amen. How true it is, my friends, the family that prays together stays together. And a world at prayer is a world at peace. Father Patrick Payton. So after praying with you,
0: words of encouragement, I will be praying for you
1: in the greatest of all prayers, and that is the holy sacrifice of the Mass, the holy sacrifice of the Mass, which is the prayer par excellence, the greatest of all prayers.
0: I'd like to place all of you on the altar in this great prayer and offer these intentions.
1: First intention I'd like to offer will be that all of us will be open to the inner workings of the Holy Spirit, that we would be open to the inner workings of the Holy Spirit. In fact, our sanctification depends
0: in large part upon being open to these inspirations of the Holy Spirit. And we can say this prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, to the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My next intention will be I'd like to
1: pray for all of our family and family members.
0: For our conversion, our sanctification. in our salvation for
1: our conversion, sanctification, and salvation. The words of Jesus resound in my heart. What
0: would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? That brings me to my next intention. I'd like to pray for all all those who will be dying this day. Especially
1: those who are dying and they're not in the state of grace.
0: They're dying and they're not in the state of grace. That they would open their hearts to God's mercy and that they will be saved. Primary purpose of our
1: life on earth is to praise and glorify God by living lives of grace so that we'll be with God for all eternity. Let's pray for that grace for those who are dying today, but also pray for ourselves, that. We would attain a holy and happy death.
0: All right, my friends,
1: uh, a word of thanks for all of you because we started last night another spiritual exercises program, which is relatively short four weeks. We had a good group of about 165 people that showed up for the Spiritual Exercises program. Very enthusiastic. And about half of them have never made the exercises, so it's, we've got a lot of new people. Thanks be to God. So pray for these people that they will derive many graces from this Spiritual Exercises program. So we started off well with a PowerPoint, giving the people an overview of the Bible. They actually gave the same overview of the Bible for our, our, our youth as well as for the adult group. So thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. I'm just noting, noticing that the spiritual exercises have a very
0: powerful impact on the life of many people. Of all the programs, some of the, some of you are
1: following it online and with encouraging words. Yes, it went well.
0: Thanks be to God, we we're able to give an overview of the Bible and ending with a Bible trivia. So thanks be to God. Thanks be to God.
1: This morning in our parish at the 8 o'clock mass there's going to be a votive mass in honor of Rosa Mystica. Rosa Mystica, there'll be that mass. And there'll be a procession and then prayers for priests because the 13th of every month there's a group of people called They call themselves the Rosa Mystic, in which they offer up a rose red prayers for priests, which is very, very important. I love the title of Mary Rosa Mystica, but it always calls to mind the writings of the greatest Italian writer Dante Alighieri
0: who wrote the Divine Comedy. The Divine Comedy
1: in which Dante ascends from inferno, hell, to purgatory, to heaven. And as he's ascending in heaven accompanied by Saint Bernard, he goes up and up and up and up. These There's 30 33, 34 cantos or circles where he's going higher and higher and higher. He arrives about the highest level he sees the Rosa Mystica which of course is English it would be the mystical rose. And that Rosa Mystica is Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mary is the Rosa Mystica. And beyond the Rosa Mystica is the Blessed Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Mary is the daughter of God the Father, Mary is the mother of God the Son, and Mary is the mystical spouse of the Holy Spirit. And i like to say that we not only have the Rosa Mystica, but we have also the the Rosary. Rosary. The word Rosary basically comes, is related to Rosa. Every Hail Mary is a rose that we give to Mary, the Rosa Mystica. So we invite you to pray for priests. Pray for vocations to the priesthood. Pray for uh, our young priest who was ordained about three weeks ago, uh, Father Jonas. Pray for Deacon J.R. who will be ordained in about nine days. So keep that on your prayer list for priests, for vocations to the priesthood. Very important. Very important in the eyes of God and for the church that we get more priests and holy priests at that, so my friends just a just a brief note, about a thousand years ago, we have the saint that we celebrate today, Saint Henry, who was a German. He became the Holy Roman Emperor a thousand years ago. And just a note on him. He won wars on all sides. But once he was elected the Holy Roman Emperor, he went through a radical transformation. And he started to pray more. And he dedicated himself to helping out the poor people. To helping out the poor people. And also, St. Henry helped to establish and build a lot of monasteries there in Europe. He became a third order Benedictine. is said that he was very sick and through the intercession of St. Benedict who died 500 years earlier, he was restored. So St. Benedict, according to writings, restored the life and the health of St. Henry. So let's pray to St. Henry for political leaders, for world leaders, that they would walk in the footsteps of St. Henry, who put God first, He put himself at the service of the poor and the underprivileged. And St. Henry was also instrumental in establishing monasteries. The other day we talked about St. Benedict who is the father of Western monasticism and the religious life. So St. Henry... Especially pray for the church in Germany which is going through a very severe crisis. Pray to St. Henry that he'll pray for Germany that they'll get back on the right path. <coughs> get back on the right path. St. Henry pray for us. Alright, as always, the Word of God is very rich and We're reading in the Old Testament the book of Genesis, and we've arrived at the latter part of the book of Genesis, which has 50 chapters. And today, we have the reconciliation between Joseph in the Old (coughs) Old Testament (coughs) And his brothers. So I'd like to just give you a, a recap of that event. And glean a couple of lessons that we can derive from the Joseph story. So, the but the last 13 chapters of the book of Genesis, I mentioned... Uh, there are 50 chapters altogether. We encounter the person of Joseph. And I find this to be just a a charming, a heartwarming, an endearing figure of the of the Bible. So much so that of all the figures of the Bible, he seemed to be the most spotless irreproachable in in moral conduct. The other is, for example, David was a great king, but he committed adultery and murder. Moses also murdered. Abraham lied. So others, they were great figures, but you see that they had their moral defects, whereas Joseph, you don't see it. For that reason, Joseph is seen as a Christ figure as well as a symbolic depiction of St. Joseph in the New Testament. In the New Testament. So let's go through the life of Joseph leading up to the reading today. Then there will eventually be the death of Joseph. Alright. These are the Old Testament patriarchs. Which means patriarch means fathers of the Old Testament. Abraham, the father of faith. Isaac, his son. And Isaac, his son, had a son named Jacob who married Rachel. Jacob, his name was changed to Israel. We read that earlier this week in the readings of the Mass. And he had 12 sons. 10 from the first mother and then 2 from the last mother The last two sons these are the these, these would be called the 12 tribes of Israel And then yesterday we had the 12
0: apostles there's a certain symbolic connection between the two The last two sons of Jacob,
1: their names were Joseph, and the last son would be Benjamin. Benjamin
0: Joseph and Benjamin. Now Let's just go through the life of Joseph
1: in the context of Genesis leading up to where, we're, where we are today. It's true that Israel had a special love for Joseph.
0: In a certain predilection for Joseph, who was the son in his old age.
1: And he gave Joseph a multicolored cloak to him and not to the other brothers.
0: So Israel had 12 sons, 12 boys. Now, what happened in time,
1: and this is also very present in families, There exists his sibling rivalry.
0: And the brothers of Joseph started to
1: become jealous and envious of, of Joseph.
0: Because of the preference that the father actually showed to Joseph. Now,
1: both Joseph of the Old Testament and Joseph of the New Testament, they had dreams. Now, one of the dreams that Joseph had was he saw these sheaves, these plants that were growing up high. And there were actually 12 of them. And one was higher than the other plants or sheaves, and the the eleven bowed down,
0: showing deference and reverence for the sheave or the plant that was higher. And Joseph
1: said that he was the higher sheave, and the others were. The lower sheaves and they were bowing down to him. And they didn't like this at all. Actually, he got very angry at this. Almost as if Joseph were bragging that he were, he were the better of the twelve. And he saw another one with the moon and this twelve stars in the, in
0: the heavens. and one was shining brighter than others, and that was Joseph. So with this,
1: with the multicolored cloak, with the dream of the the moon and the stars in the heaven, and with the dream of the twelve sheaves and one higher than the other eleven, pointing to Joseph, should be, they would have to bow down to Joseph, there was a growing resentment and animosity toward Joseph. Understandably so, not saying that this was good, but it's very understandable. Very understandable in the dynamic of the family life. So it happens.
0: What happens is that Joseph is out in the field. Rather, his brothers are out in the field and Joseph is meeting them. And they say, here comes that dreamer. Now was their chance. They grab a hold of him,
1: and they take him and they throw him into a cistern
0: or a deep well. Then they leave him. And
1: in time the Ishmaelites cross coming in that direction, they bring him out of that well. And what they do is they sell Joseph into Egypt as a slave. Now in the life of Joseph, you're going to be seeing the working of divine providence
0: through this wonderful biblical figure. Joseph is basically adopted into the home of Pharaoh.
1: And just be aware of the fact that the Jewish people will become the slaves of the Egyptians for many, many years. Now, a few things happen when Joseph is in the household of Pharaoh. A high-ranked official of Pharaoh whose name is Potiphar had a wife and Joseph Joseph would come into the
0: house and the wife of Potiphar looked at Joseph who was young attractive handsome So the wife of this Potiphar started to lust after Joseph. And she made advances toward Joseph.
1: But Joseph keenly aware of the fact
0: that this was a a married Egyptian woman In Pharaoh's palace, Joseph would always run away
1: and flee the sexual advances of the wife of Potiphar. And there's a lesson there, my
0: friends. Once we are aware of being in the near occasion of sin, We should take the flight. Do not play with fire. You'll get burnt. Do not play with fire. You will get burnt. He who walks in a slippery slope will fall.
1: He who walks on thin ice will cave in the Old Testament goes on to say that he who plays in danger
0: will perish in danger. So Joseph is being tempted by the wife of Potiphar. And what happens is this woman
1: Her lustful desires are growing stronger and stronger. So she goes after him and he flees. And happy she grabs onto his cloak. And because she had been rebuffed. And rejected by Joseph. She becomes very angry.
0: And she cries out. And it says that Joseph was going after her.
1: In other words, this woman lied. She slandered.
0: She calumniated the innocent Joseph. The innocent Joseph. So
1: because of this slander, this calumny, The innocent joseph is is thrown in jail to be punished for his apparent misdeed, so there Joseph is in
0: prison for for quite a long period of time, and there surfaces the question.
1: Why is it the innocent have to suffer? That's one of the most common questions in the world, even among non-believers. Why? And that's why, one some reason, people actually leave the Catholic faith. Why is it that innocent people have to suffer? It's a good question. Would well, you know how to respond to it? Because it's true. Sometimes we look around us and we see the evil they tend to prosper whereas the innocent people tend to suffer. Why? Well, God allows evil to bring greater good out of evil.
0: That's right. God allows evil to bring greater good out of evil. We
1: see that in the writings of St. Augustine or happy fault or happy fault of Adam and Eve because of the sin of Adam and Eve we have the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ his incarnation his life his paschal mystery because of this apparent evil of the original sin we're gonna see in the life of Joseph the same thing is going to happen We see him rejected by his brothers. We see him sold as a slave. We see a woman tries to seduce him. We see him slandered, calumniated. Poor guy. But in all of this, Joseph never becomes angry and resentful against anyone. But he simply, he simply conforms himself to God's will. He submits himself to God's divine providential plan. That takes us to the reading of yesterday and today. So what has happened? Joseph is in prison there for a long time. And the pharaoh... The Pharaoh has these dreams. These dreams. And these dreams are bothering him. He wants to know, what do these dreams mean? So we ask the, the people in this court uh, the interpretation of these dreams. And none of those in the <coughs> the official court of the Pharaoh are able to give Pharaoh a an adequate interpretation of these dreams. They're not pleased with the he's not
0: pleased with their interpretations. So Pharaoh
1: asks Joseph to interpret the dreams. And Joseph, who's had his own dreams that he recounted to his brothers, giving the interpretation, now Joseph will intervene to interpret the dreams of the Pharaoh. And Pharaoh is very impressed and very pleased with the interpretation that Joseph has given. And Pharaoh recognized that God is truly with Joseph. God is truly with Joseph.
0: And what happens is that Pharaoh,
1: as a result of Joseph's superb dream interpretations, he pulls Joseph out of prison. And he gives Joseph the second most important role or responsibility in the kingdom. And Egypt back then is the most powerful political country in the world. They have the most money and riches and food and supplies in the world, Egypt, the Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's servants. What happens God now intervenes and he allows something that will show the greatness of Joseph. God allows a lack of rain, a lack of rain throughout Egypt as well as throughout the world. And because this lack of rain, There's no possibility of the growing of the grain. So that the crops that would result in producing food and nourishing the people in Egypt as well as the surrounding regions were almost dying of hunger. So Pharaoh has placed Joseph second in command. And Pharaoh says, go to Joseph. So Joseph was responsible for rationing out the food to the people that would come to him. He has the most powerful position in the world after Pharaoh himself. Really, he's the one that's exerting the power in the administration of the goods. anyway. Very interesting story. So we arrive at uh, where we we arrive at today as well as yesterday, and I'll give you a recap of that. So, Israel, the father of the 12 tribes of Israel, decides that he will send...
0: couple of his sons there to Egypt
1: so as to acquire food for the family. So they arrive at Egypt the palace of Pharaoh. And they arrive at Joseph. Now they do not recognize Joseph because for a couple reasons. First is that Joseph has, many years have passed. And also Joseph, when he he will speak to them, He will speak to them through an interpreter. Even though Joseph knows their language, he knows the language of the Egyptians, but also he knows the language of the Jewish people. That was his first language.
0: So they come to him. And he's very severe with them.
1: He recognizes them. Speaks to an interpreter. and he throws one of them in jail and says that I will give you grain and food if you bring back you bring back to me
0: your youngest son, your youngest brother whose name was Benjamin and in
1: response to this, one of the brothers of Joseph says, Look, your honor, you're speaking to him with great, great reverence.
0: My father is up in years. My father lost one of his other sons. Was possibly
1: torn to pieces by wild beasts. Now if, the fa- if my father loses his last son, whose name is Benjamin, he'll go down to the grave in grief. So we've arrived at the reading for today.
0: The reading for today is very moving. Very moving. So it's Judah that is speaking to Joseph.
1: And he's explaining what happened to Joseph. He's explaining what happened to his father. He's explaining what's the reality
0: of their younger brother. And Joseph is listening to Judah speak.
1: Recounting his his own past history.
0: But Joseph is speaking to Judah through an interpreter, even even though, of course, Joseph understands the language. Joseph is profoundly moved at this. And he could no longer control himself. So he tells the Egyptian attendants to leave him alone to be with his brothers. So the attendants left And then Joseph speaks to his brothers in his own language and he says, I am Joseph, is my father in good health. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the
1: reaction of his brothers who had not the faintest idea that this man, the right-hand man of the Pharaoh, speaking to an interpreter, much older now, could have been their brother Joseph, and they probably thought that he was He was killed by a wild animal.
0: Joseph says, I am Joseph. Then he asks, is my father still in good health?
1: And the brothers could give him no answer. They were so dumbfounded.
0: Were they at the reality of Joseph now
1: let's um let's give some interpretation of this what do you think what do you think went through the
0: mind of Joseph's brothers? What I would think, my friends, is this. Okay, wow. Now, Joseph,
1: he's the most important person, powerful person in the world. The second most important person in the world with so much power. Perhaps they would have thought, well right now, as Mary Joe is pointing out, they would be afraid. I think I would be too. Because simply on a level of, of mere justice giving as Aquinas says, justice is giving to every one what is his due, what he deserves you think merely on
0: that level that they would be afraid that they would possibly be thrown in jail
1: for for years or maybe even be put to death that would be the that would be the natural i think interpretation of what should be done
0: and what would be done But that's not what happened.
1: It's not what happened. This is actually what Joseph will jo, Joseph will say to them.
0: Come closer to me. Those words are important. Come closer to me. He told his brothers.
1: So they draw closer to Joseph, probably with fear and trembling. He says, I am your brother Joseph. See, he has not disinherited them. He says, I am your brother Joseph.
0: whom you once sold into Egypt. Now here's the beauty.
1: And Mary Joe's interpretation is very good. Such a beautiful act of forgiveness and love. Great interpretation. Great interpretation. Joseph will go on to say, Now do not be distressed. And do not reproach yourselves for having sold me. Sold me here.
0: Here we have the mercy, the love, the forgiveness, the real
1: nobility of the character of Joseph of the Old Testament. Here you see the real sterling, noble, merciful character of this
0: one of the greatest figures of the Old Testament. Then jo- Joseph goes on to say, "It was really for the sake for the sake of saving lives
1: that God sent me here ahead of you." What beautiful, beautiful words, what beautiful, beautiful words from sacred scripture was really for the sake of saving lives
0: that God sent me here ahead of you.
1: In truth, it's a very, very beautiful story. And for some of you, perhaps your favorite story of the Old Testament is the Joseph story. Now, among the many lessons that we can learn from this are the following. Number one. Is the the real danger of sibling rival sibling rivalry within the context of the family just to be aware of that reality, that dynamic, and childrens and children and brothers and sisters should be aware of that, which is related to
0: the capital sin of jealousy or envy. So
1: let's pray that families and brothers and sisters would not see themselves as rivals, but as brothers and sisters called to live up what Jesus said,
0: love one another as I've loved you. Second lesson Even though Joseph suffered very much rejection, attempted seductions, Joseph never gave in to. Allowing the devil of resentment, the devil of resentment to get a hold of him. So, my friends, what Joseph is teaching us is when people hurt us, we should not. give in to anger, resentment, and can I say it? To revenge. But rather to live out the Our Father. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us.
1: And lastly, my friends, to trust in divine providence. God can allow evil, my friends. God can allow evil so that God can bring greater good out of evil. So, my friends, before giving my priestly blessing, I'd like to invite all of you to share our message with your friends. I've given, I think, a pretty good summary of the Joseph story of the
0: Old Testament. And the many lessons that we can learn from it. The Lord be with you.
1: May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son
0: and the Holy Spirit. Amen.